48K News. It's one o'clock on Ben Shea, the headlines. In a second leaked audio recording, the chief executive Carrie Lam tells business leaders she has nothing but a 30,000-strong police force to deal with the protest movement. In a U-turn, the former chief secretary Anson Chan says Carrie Lam should step aside in favor of someone who can resolve the ongoing crisis. And the Civil Human Rights Front says it's not optimistic it can overturn a police ban on a rally in March it wants to hold on Sunday. In a leaked audio recording, the chief executive Carrie Lam can be heard telling a business luncheon that it would be counterproductive to take a strong stance against the protest movement as she has only a 30,000-strong police force. It's the second leak of audio from the luncheon. Here's Priscilla Ng. Reuters news agency has released a second leaked audio recording from a closed-door meeting Carrie Lam had with business leaders last month. In it, she defends accusations that the government hasn't taken a firm enough stance against extradition demonstrators. She says it could be counterproductive to take too strong a position because apart from the 30,000-strong police force, the government had absolutely nothing. She said... Really, we have nothing. So that means whatever we do, we have to take into full account the police assessment and reactions to give them some powers because they are outnumbered, which makes enforcement extremely difficult. Mrs. Lam also highlighted the need to beef up official public relation efforts, saying this was the administration's weakest link. Mrs. Lam said eight global PR companies were invited to give their expertise, but four declined over fears it would tarnish their reputation, and two others also later backed out. In the last leaked audio, Mrs. Lam told the business leaders it was unforgivable for her to have caused such huge havoc in Hong Kong, and she would quit if she had a choice. The former Chief Secretary Anson Chan has made a U-turn and now says the Chief Executive Carrie Lam should step aside in favor of someone who can resolve the ongoing political crisis. In a BBC interview, she said Beijing had mounted a smear campaign against her and her family over her comments against the government. She appealed to countries such as Britain and the United States not to kowtow to Beijing, the world's second largest economy, but to face up to how they were going to deal with a rising China. She said Beijing should allow Mrs. Lam the latitude to step down. Since she has shown no indication of making some of the very difficult positions to lower the temperature and find a way through this current impasse, then she should make way for somebody else. There is no leadership at the moment. Effectively, Hong Kong at the moment is a rudderless ship and the captain has left the bridge. The Civil Human Rights Front says it's not optimistic it can overturn a police ban on a rally in March it wants to hold on Sunday. It's the second time police have rejected its plans, citing fears of violence. The group's vice convener Bonnie Lang criticized the decision saying the cases police used as evidence had nothing to do with the front. She said she believed it was a tactic of authorities to refuse peaceful marches, so the public anger will boil over, allowing them to crack down. I believe that is a tactic for them to ban us because they know that we are a valve of public anger. When they close this valve, the public anger has nowhere to be released and eventually the emotion will explode. I think this is what they're waiting for, to let us explode and then they have a reason to crack us down. 
The acting leader of Hong Kong University Student Union, David Wong, has resigned and left Hong Kong, saying he was physically attacked in Wan Chai two weeks ago. The former student leader didn't say where he had gone, but that it was a one-way trip and he prayed every day to return. In a letter to the university's council, Mr. Wong said he feared for his life and those of his family members, living in what he called a police state. He said it would be a lifelong shame that he left Hong Kong at such a critical time amid ongoing protests. The chairman of the Journalist Association, Chris Young, says police are exaggerating the problem of fake reporters to justify their use of force against journalists. At yesterday's police briefing, a spokesman said there were cases of reporters using press passes from unknown media groups or groups that didn't recognize them as an employee, as well as people refusing to identify which outlet they represented. But Mr. Young says his association has found only one suspected case of a fake reporter. To us, the, the claim of uh, fake reporters is kind of a wet hearing by police officers to justify their use of force and breach of their own rules in, say, um, spraying a pipes spray on reporter or throwing tear gas onto the a journalist. Police are investigating two cases of criminal damage after the Chinwen offices of pro-establishment lawmakers Junius Ho and Michael Teen were vandalized. At around 11 p.m. last night, the windows of Mr. Ho's office in Leungtin Village were smashed and electric cables were cut. The office that roundtable lawmaker Mr. Teen shares with District Councilor Chu Yu-Wa on Shek Pai Tao Road was sprayed with anti-government graffiti and the door was broken. The High Court has given the go-ahead to a young woman whose eye was injured during anti-government protests to challenge the refusal of police to show her the court warrant used to obtain her medical records. Timmy Sung reports. In a brief written ruling, Judge Godfrey Lam said there was an arguable case, so he granted leave for a judicial review at a later date, which is expected to last one day. The judge said as the police agreed not to access the medical records in the meantime, he wouldn't rule on whether an interim injunction was needed. The woman, known in court as Kay, injured her right eye outside Tim Sartre police station last month during clashes. Police have said she might not have been hit by a beanbag round, as people suspect, and they also want to know what happened. Detectives applied for a court warrant to obtain her personal information and medical records after complaining the victim refused to talk to them. The court heard from the victim's lawyer that police refused to provide a copy of the warrant, which, in effect, denied her right to take the matter to court. The Department of Justice said the warrant was protected by public interest immunity, as it contained confidential information. A group comprising friends and relatives of police officers is urging the force not to arm off-duty officers with extendable batons. Jimmy Choi reports. Police relatives' connections said it wasn't necessary to give officers the batons to take home. And besides, suspects should be arrested by officers who were on duty. It said officers who aren't working shouldn't be encouraged to deal with offences that they discover while alone. It also said those officers who may need a baton for protection while off duty should first have their emotional state assessed to see if they are fit to carry one. On Tuesday, the force announced that all officers would be allowed to carry extendable batons, even when off duty, in light of the ongoing anti-government protests. Some people expressed concerns that this could lead to abuse of force by police. 
The Real Estate Developers Association has called on the government to withhold the vacancy tax. It says property prices are going down because of the Sino-U.S. trade war and continuing unrest in Hong Kong. The vacancy tax bill has been gazetted and will be discussed by lawmakers next month. According to the plan, developers will be taxed on newly completed flats that are left empty, unsold, and not rented out for more than six months in a year. The proposed rate would be equal to two years' rental income based on current market rates. There have been testy exchanges at a televised debate in Houston involving the 10 leading contenders for the U.S. Democratic Party's presidential nomination. The event brought together the top three candidates, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. Mr. Biden defended his version of President Obama's health care plan against other senators' more costly proposals. Here's one exchange with Julian Castro. Barack Obama's vision was not to leave 10 million people uncovered. He wanted every single person in this country covered. My plan would do that. Your plan would they not. They do not have to buy in. They do not have to buy in. You just said that. You just said that two minutes ago. You said Your they would have to would buy in. They would have to buy in. If she uh, qualified are, for are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Be in for are you forgetting already what you said just two minutes ago? The Democratic hopefuls were more united on the need for gun control. There were cheers when the former Texas congressman, Beto O'Rourke, demanded the mandatory buyback of assault weapons. When we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, mm-hmm. and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was up 11 points at 27,199. Turnover for the morning session was more than $27 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.14 yen. The euro is at 1 U.S. dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth $9.66. And now to sports, here is Atom Jang. We start with cricket. England have posted 271 for 8 in the first day of the fifth and final Ashes test at the Oval. Australia have already retained the Ashes and are now going for their first series win in England in 18 years. Australia will need to avoid defeat to complete that series win. More from the BBC's Sam Sheringham. Australia's surprise decision to put England into bat on a true oval pitch looked to have backfired as the host cruised to 169 for three at tee. But a stunning fight back in the final session swung the day decisively in Australia's favour and put them on course for a series-clinching win. England captain Joe Root rode his luck for 57 before he was bowled by Pat Cummins to start a cascade of six wickets for 96 runs after tee. It was left to Joss Butler to salvage some pride for England, plundering Josh Hazelwood for three sixes on the way to his first half century of the summer. England will hope to push on beyond 300 tomorrow before resuming their battle with Australia's prolific batsman, Steve Smith. 
Baseball and the New York Mets hit a team record six home runs in a game as they thumbed the Arizona Diamondbacks 11-1 to complete a four-game sweep. The win moved the Mets to within two games of the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago Cubs for the second National League wildcard spot. Earlier this week, Major League Baseball hitters broke the record for most home runs in a season, topping the previous mark of 6,105 set in 2017. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich believes the league will make changes to address the inflation of home runs. Here's the deal. There are plenty more to come. The record was broken with 18 days, 18 games left in the regular season. The rise in home runs during recent seasons, particularly this year, has really been tied to changes in baseball that have made them fly farther. I guarantee you when baseball in the summer and the winter uh, uh, meetings, they will decide to basically move the mound maybe an inch or two higher as they did in 1968, and that will silence those bats. The United States have suffered another defeat at the Basketball World Cup in China. The defending champions' long winning streak in major competitions stretching back to 2006 came to an end when they lost to France in the quarterfinals on Wednesday. Now they've been beaten 94-89 by Serbia. The Americans were outscored 32-7 in the first quarter. Bogdan Bogdanovic of the Sacramento Kings led Serbia with a game-high 28 points. The U.S. team will leave China with the worst World Cup showing in their history. They play Poland on Saturday in a playoff for 7th and 8th place. And that's your look at sports. Finally, just how big a threat to life on Earth are asteroids? According to the European Space Agency, there are 878 asteroids at risk of hitting Earth within the next century. It's meeting to discuss the threat. Alan Fitzsimmons is from the Astrophysics Research Center at Queen's University, Belfast. Well, amazingly, we can do an awful lot, and we're already doing an awful lot. So, for example, we have suites of telescopes uh, both operating now and currently being built, uh, which survey the skies, uh, looking for these asteroids when they pass close to the Earth and, and trying to find which ones may be on an impact trajectory. Then, if we find one of those, then uh, if we do nothing else, at least we'll be able to predict exactly where and when those objects hit, so we could at least evacuate. But, of course, we're here with the space agency because together with NASA we've designed a twin spacecraft mission to test moving an asteroid to actually stop an impact altogether. Our real danger now is the smaller objects, the objects that can almost sneak up on us unannounced and uh, the most likely impact that which would cause damage over the next 100 or 200 years would be something maybe 100 or 200 uh, metres across, uh, something that could actually cause regional devastation if it hit the Earth. And that's why we're meeting here uh, for three days in Rome, both the European Space Agency and NASA, uh, looking forward to testing our asteroid deflection technology the next few years. To end the news, the main stories again. In a second leaked audio recording, the chief executive Carrie Lam tells business leaders she has nothing but a 30,000-strong police force to deal with the protest movement. In a U-turn, the former chief secretary Anson Chan says Carrie Lam should step aside in favor of someone who can resolve the ongoing crisis. And the Civil Human Rights Front says it's not optimistic it can overturn a police ban on a rally and march it wants to hold on Sunday. And that's the news from RTHK.
Remember when the MTR services were suspended because a sky lantern hit the tracks? Sky lanterns can be hazardous because we have no control over where they might go. They can cause fires, including hill fires, jeopardize flight safety, cause personal injuries, or damage property when they land. Any person who releases a lit sky lantern might even commit an offense. Please put safety first and refrain from flying a sky lantern. Welcome to the 123 Show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan and I'm super excited to be with you this Friday afternoon on Friday the 13th. Anyone suspicious out there? Superstitious. Maybe well, maybe you're suspicious too, but are you superstitious? I'm not particularly superstitious. I'm not that worried. Although it's a pretty rare event that we've got a full moon tonight as well as Friday the 13th landing on the same day. So for the superstitious amongst us, it's a big it's a big day. We've got a quite a quite a busy show today, kind of a bit of a health and fitnessy show really, to be honest, which is probably a little bit poorly advised considering how most of us are about to go gorge ourselves on mooncakes for a solid 24 hours. But we're starting this morning talking about a food oh this afternoon, sorry, this a food group with a PR problem carbs. Um, and I think on Friday the 13th, carbs are something that do strike the fear of God into many of us. Uh, we're joined by personal trainer and exercise